and wants to see the promises of God in all of our lives. Clap your hands to him one more time as you make your way back to your seat. Thank you. liberated I don't know about you but I feel a little better you know it just ain't church if you ain't sweating just a little bit huh come on can I get three amens it just ain't church if you ain't sweating a little bit well at least that's how I see it Exodus chapter 3 and verse 1 now Moses kept the flock of Jethro his father-in-law the priest of Midian and led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush, and he looked. Now watch these words. I, I'm telling you folks, I'm sitting in my office at 3 o'clock after I took the, 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 the official Pentecostal nap. I know none of y'all take naps, you know. Y'all sanctified. This preacher took a nap. Can I get an amen from anybody that with me? And I get up actually around 2, and I'm sitting at my desk at about 3. And the Holy Ghost directed me to this. I've never preached this, but I feel it's such a strong word or a, a word for somebody, for all of us right here. Watch 2 and, and keep it there. That scripture, we're going to go back to it, but I'm going to read it. Verse 2, And the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flame of fire in the midst of the bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Yay. That ain't the good part. Verse 3, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this sight. Why the bush is not burned. Verse 2 says, The angel of the Lord appeared to him in flame of fire in the burning bush, and he looked on the bush. I got that. We preach that all the time. He, put, he looked at the bush. But look at verse 3. And Moses said, Now I'm going to turn and see. You done seen it, Moses. I want to know why. And watch. And when the Lord saw, he turned. The Lord didn't see him the first time. The Lord only saw when he turned and asked. Turned aside to see God called on him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He said, here I am. He said, draw nigh hither. Take your shoes off. Get all that rid. Separate. Get it all away. Moreover, he said, I'm the Godfather in verse 6 and the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Verse 7, the Lord said, I surely have seen the affliction of my people in Egypt. I heard their cry by the taskmaster. For I know their sorrow. Verse 8, I am now come to deliver them out of the hands of the Egyptians. All because one man turned and moved. God said, I'm going to set a nation free. God wants to set this community free from false doctrine. 
But it's going to take one individual in this building to turn and move. And if you will move, God will take care of whatever's got your loved ones bound. Uh, when hunger draws you in, it draws God out. When hunger causes you to turn back again, it causes God to come out of the shadows of darkness and say, I saw what you did, and now I'm going to respond. Lift your hands. Ask God to talk to us tonight. Jesus, I need the help of the Holy Ghost tonight. God, take my mind, my heart, my spirit. Let it be as an oracle of the heavenlies. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, touch us today as a people. God, let there be revelation and understanding, but beyond that, arrest every human spirit that would oppose you. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus, and let your will be done at whatever the cost. In Jesus' name we pray. Clap your hands to him one more time and thank him for his word as you're seated. <laughs> Moses, the deliverer to Egypt, the one that God saw fit to choose to be the one to bring out the people of God. But Moses in his understanding of God had no knowledge of the call because before the calling before the appointment before the job's description at hand God wants to know how hungry and desperate are you Moses' battle with the Egyptian in chapter 2 and his fight with the Egyptian that he later, he kills and hides his body and then two others reveal and he has to now depart from Egypt. Raised with a silver spoon, raised at the, the house of Pharaoh, having everything at his fingertips. Having every luxury that the modern world could afford. Ooh, but here's one thing, his hunger was never defined. He had everything a mouth could, could, could desire from the food to the, the opulence of homes, the modern conveniences of running water that moved. Egypt had everything that the modern world would have longed for. Moses had it at his fingertips. The luxuries, the, the benefits, the, all the amenities just like you and I. Thank God for a commode and not an outhouse. Moses had everything that would have been afforded, but there's one thing that had never been defined in Moses. Brother Mike, how hungry are you for me? The danger and what God was trying to do to the man Moses was, was prepare him for the job. That's why I don't believe that Moses killing the Egyptian and all that took place and his banishment from Egypt was also much as Moses' fault as much as it was God ordained to get him out of a house of comfort. Get him out of a house of convenience. A house that was uh, just easy going. I could just sit, it would be kind of like this and this is even how we do sometimes in the church. I'm ringing my bell, God. You're here to serve me, right? Well, now you know what? I gave a lot to be for you. 
I got the Holy Ghost and, you know, out of defense. And I gave up a lot for you. So now you know what? You need to deal with this. Come on, God. You're... God says, I can't operate like that. You got it reversed. You're my servant. And the way you serve me is, is your hunger has to be clearly defined before me. I can't just, I'm hungry. If my actions don't show my hunger, you ain't hungry. Oh, come on, somebody. What got you out of a pew a moment ago? I saw some mamas and daddies that normally kind of just sit back, but you got out of that pew, and you got to leaping for joy, and you got to worshiping God. Why? Your hunger was now defined that God can move in your behalf. Mm, you're right. My help is here. God, you're on my clock. And Moses said, God, uh-uh. You, I can't do that, Moses. I'm going to allow you to be banished and removed out of the comforts of your home. Hold on, hold on. God, you're unfair. Hold on. He came from dysfunction. That ain't a new term. Moses was dysfunctional. Moses came from a family messed up. That wasn't even his mom and his daddy. He's being raised by somebody that wasn't even his real mom and daddy. So we can't use the example of, well, I ain't got a mama. I ain't got a daddy. I ain't got a good mama. I ain't got a good daddy. I ain't got a good church. I ain't got a good preacher. I ain't got a good family. I ain't got a good job. God's removing that from you and I in this end time hour that our hunger can clearly be defined. And the way it's defined is I lift my hands. I lift my voice. I lift my feet. I lift my heart and I declare that he is the almighty beyond. How did, when hunger draws you in, we ain't drawn out of God what he's got for us. He's got more in hiding than you and I can ever imagine. Go read Habakkuk chapter 3. God comes in and just destroys the whole joint, levels it completely. And the Bible says, and there was the hiding of his power. If God can come down and level a place, what makes you and I believe that God can't deliver your son, deliver your daughter from alcohol, deliver them from perversion? We have given up too easy, and our actions show we've given it up. Now come on church. I preached about discouragement this morning but it's time for the church to arise to the occasion and let your hunger be defined by your action. Oh I'm hungry. I'm hungry. That's, I hungry. No it's not here. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. When my hunger draws me in, when I'm so desperate, sister, I've said it a hundred times, I'm going to say it again. If it costs, I don't care, if it costs me my life, I will go down with every fiber in my body declaring that if those elders had it, I can have it too. And I'll pay the price. I'll give the sacrifice. I'll live it with everything that I have. If you and I can let our hunger draw us in by action, 
turn aside, move a little bit, and show God you care. Well, I care. I love Jesus. And your kids are lost and going to hell. But yet, I'm hungry. I got, I've been looking for it for, for, for years, literally. God, where is it saying about, I know hunger and thirst for us. I'm talking about you. You understand that? You got to hurt back. So just sit tight. I've been looking for a scripture for years about hunger. And today at 3 o'clock, 3.15, whatever time it was, you're supposed to keep these on you. Then I have to get back up here. But that's hunger, you see. I moved. I've been looking for scriptures to give me a story of somebody I can relate with. Jesus said, Thou, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Yeah, that's Jesus. I ain't Jesus. I know you think that, but I ain't there. <laughs> I'm having fun tonight. I'm going to meddle like I ain't never meddled. <laughs> see, I get that. But what about old Moses here? See, Moses was a man I can understand. Lost his temper, got upset, killed somebody. I ain't got that one. Did work. And God says, you still my man. Because you got something that's not been defined. You got a drive in you that really ain't been defined yet. And here's Moses. It's a picture for you and I. Folks, I'm going to get to the end. He's living in luxury. He's living in comfortable. Folks, it's the latest see in church. The biggest struggle for me and you as a preacher is going to be this, trying to wake up the latest in church, the end time church that's asleep. That's the biggest struggle. To come to you and say, Dad, God's going to do it. Yeah, okay. That's asleep. Let me clearly define it. God's going to move. Yeah, maybe so. And this story is trying to show you and I that where they're comfortable in Laodicea, Moses was in the same boat. And God says, I tell you what, head on out to Midian. And you're going to find your little woman there, Zippariah. And the first verse of that says, he's now in location for hunger to be defined. And the angel appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of the bush. And he looked. We got that one. See, because here's the first thing you and I do when we come to God, Brother Roger. Let me, let me say it for new converts. It's saints alike. Whether you've lived for God for 30 years, if you live for God for 60 years, it doesn't matter. It's the same. We always get a first look. God shows up like this and goes, Boom. Like what he's doing in our church right now. There's a revival spirit burning in this church right now. And God's doing boom. I'm giving you a look at something you can't define. I'm giving you a look at what I'm trying to do. And what I'm trying to change. And what I'm trying to move. And what I'm trying to lift up. And what I'm trying to put down. And you think it's all man. But it ain't got nothing to do with man. It's a sovereign manifestation of God's glory to a church in Indian village that's held on to holiness. And held on to righteousness. And held on to the things of God. See... Hunger. I'm going to try to give you Moses's and I'll give you mine. Here's hunger. We're in revival. Brother Mark Morgan. 
We stayed in revival with him at Eastwood for a year and a half. Every Saturday night, every Sunday morning, y'all fire me if I did that. Every Saturday night, every Sunday morning, and every Sunday night. And the power of God moved. Nine-foot angel seen. You've heard me talk about it. But here's the, here's the kicker. Something happened in that burning bush. I've talked to people all over, Brother Bushnell, that was part of that. People that wasn't even part of that church would come and just visit. Matter of fact, when most people got out at 8.30, they come met us because we were still rocking until about 10 o'clock. I know everybody said you ain't got to have long church, but when you're having a move of God, you don't care about the time. The reason people care about the time is because they're not having a move of God and they're bored and their rear backside's kind of getting sore. But if I get up and kind of shake a little bit and move my backside a little bit and move my leg a little bit, I promise you this, when you go back home, you realize I just had an encounter with God that changed me. It's not in my dance. It's in my action, defining my hunger unto him. And we had a move of God and people came. And now still, I hear men saying this. What happened in that revival changed my life. And here's the picture, Brother Roger. The move of God came and there was a burning bush and there was nine foot angels on the pew. I told you by the time Michael was there, Michael the archangel shows up. There's a guy sitting right over here, looks over his shoulder. And over there on the top, there ain't nobody ever sitting in the balcony. And there's a man sitting up in the balcony. And James looks over his shoulder, and that man speaks to him and says, I'm Michael the archangel. And at the very same moment, James looks over his shoulder. Brother Morgan goes to the pulpit, and he says, Michael the archangel has just arrived in the building. Folks, you can't conjure that stuff up. You can't make that kind of stuff up. I'm telling you, that's what God has for us in Indian Village. It's not Michael showing up so I can go write a book. It's not Michael showing up. It's for you and I to realize our hunger is fixing to be defined, and God's about to step out of the shadows and move for you like he's never done before. That's why I can say false doctrine can't hold them. Perversion can't hold them. Dark, I don't care what they, I don't care bestiality. I don't care if they're a witch and they got a, a soul. I don't care what they got. Because when God comes out and manifests himself, addictions begin to go and there ain't no tremors there ain't no withdrawals when God takes the addiction away he's going to take the tremors away you need to hear me if you're bound by alcohol God will take the addiction away and he'll take your withdrawals away God's ready to work for his people but you and I have got to let him define our hunger by moving in a dimension we've never moved before I feel it moving in here right now. That angel's here, Dad. You confirmed it. You didn't have no idea what I was preaching. That angel's here to help somebody. He's here to deliver somebody. He's here to lift your load. Hunger. And here we were, Sister Peggy, looking at nine-foot angels. I didn't see Michael that night. Only the Morgan didn't even see him. 
But Mother Morgan knew and felt it because Michael travels with him. And he knew it. And he was confirmed. Now here's the thing. Watch me. If I would have stopped right there, Sister Agnes, at that level of experience. Here's the picture of Moses. He looked at the bush, but he didn't stop. We have birthed a church that stops after the first experience. I get Acts 2.38. I get a Holy Ghost. I get a Shukam I get a little time. I get a little something. And that's it. And we're still dealing with perversion. And we're dealing with addictions. And we're dealing with family breakups. And we're dealing with our kids being lost. And God's trying to say, if I can just have somebody that instead of just looking will begin to ask. Let your hunger draw you in to why God is doing this in Indian Village. If you let your hunger draw you in, it's going to draw God out from the shadows. And God's going to rise to the occasion and say, that addiction can't hold them. That perversion can't hold them. God will move them from wherever they are back home to live in the house of God with their mama and daddy. He'll move them. I don't care if they're, I don't care where they are, Brother Keith. He'll move them. He did it for Aaron and Ashley. He'll do it again. He'll move them from North Dakota. He'll move them from California. He'll move them from Houston. He'll move them from wherever they are. God will move them to the house of God. And he ain't just moving them for some tithing. He's going to move them for deliverance. He's going to move them for a miracle. He's going to move them that they can be a testimony of what hunger in God really can produce. I'm telling you, I'm about to pop. So I watched it, and we watched the move of God, Brother Roy. I seen the angels, but here's what I started doing. Brother Morgan would get a flight out of Houston early, early in the morning. He'd get a flight out of Houston at 5.30. I work! I got a job. He didn't ask me. He didn't pay me. I got up and I picked him up at 3.30 because whatever that man of God had, I wanted what he had. I didn't want to be another brother Mark Morgan. I love him, respect him. He's my pastor. But I don't want to be another one of him. I don't want to be another brother Ewing. There was only one and there ain't going to never be another one. The carbon copies broke and destroyed. That's how heaven works and thank God for it. But you hear me. Whatever it was in those men that brought the attention of heaven into their life and into their family and into their church. You got a pastor that's saying whatever the cost. God, I don't care what it costs. I'll pay the price because I want to see heaven on earth that we can see souls saved if there ain't souls in the altar and the baptismal take ain't moving and bible studies ain't being taught we're not the church we're a local club let me just define tonight that's all i'm doing i'm defining in the spirit what we are to be and i picked him up it didn't end with him Brother Jerome Barn, whoever came, I was willing because of hunger. See, I had done seen all the burning bush experience in the church, but now the lights are off, the bush ain't flickering, 
and I'm looking for something else to keep me. I want whatever it was you got. Hunger. I've looked at it from every different angle, Sister Peggy. Hunger, I know, is not always in a, 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 a leap and a shout. I get that. But it's a pretty good indicator of something going on on the inside. And Moses appeared. He looked. Next verse. And Moses said, I will now. Here's what he did. He moved. He went from looking and casual to now. He turns to the side and he goes, why isn't it burning? His hunger for more of God drew him in. I can say I'm hungry all day long, Brother Bushnell, but if my action don't turn me, everything that hath breath, praise ye the Lord. That's commandment. That's not option. Leap for joy. Raise your hands. Clap on your hands. Shout. Worship him with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. Worship him with all of your spirit in truth and spirit. Truth and spirit. That's his word. Pray. The fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. That's his word. Those are venues that define my hunger turning aside. And here's what I feel God's doing for us as a church. God is turning us aside. And he's letting us look at things like we've never looked at it before. We're seeing things I've never seen before. Folks, I'm the preacher, and I'm preaching things I ain't never preached before. God's doing it for me like he's doing it for you because we're in it together, and God's turning us aside. But here's what he's after. Let the hunger let him turn you. Let the hunger let it move you. That's why it's not hard for me to lift my feet. I got a broke back, a ruptured disc, but I'm still going to lift my feet while I got left to do it with God I sat in that wheelchair dad at your house in Evangeline and you remember I couldn't move my legs that physical therapist came in there and I tried to pick up my leg and my leg wouldn't move sister April and they did everything in their power and I said is it going to come back he said we're trying we're trying I had four breaks in the hip and I sat in that house in that wheelchair and fear came and that's when brother guy called said you ain't gonna die and all this kind of stuff but there was something else to that story I promised God that God if you give these legs back to me I might not can jump hurdles y'all didn't know that did you I ran hurdles sister Gail I was fast too I was good oh come on somebody my God Y'all getting all spiritual. I might not can jump a hurdle like I used to. I might not can run as fast as I used to, Sister June. But I tell you what, I can do a little bit of something. I can do, I can raise, I can move my leg, I can jump up on a pew. I might not can run the back of them, but I can let my hunger turn me aside and pull something out of me to give God an action that I'm hungry for him. That's 
That's why you wonder why I push praise so hard. As long as I'm pastoring there, I'm going to push it. I'm going to stress it. I'm going to preach it with every fiber in my body. If you can't praise God, I question whether you're saved. Aside from some physical uh, uh, thing in your body that says you can't lift your hand, you can't shout, you can't show a little bit of excitement. How do we expect people to come in the house of God and there ain't no joy on my face telling me God's good, God's faithful, God's helped me in ways that I've never been helped before. And when Moses turned aside, Brother Roy, I want to see he moved, Brother Wade. Hunger really makes me move. That's what got me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. That's what got me doing things that would seemingly be stupid to some people. What would get me up at 7 o'clock in the morning before Brother Ewan wakes up and I'd go wash his truck? That's stupid. He's a man. He washes his own stupid truck. That's what we say. But you see, hunger's got a different language. And we choose whether we see the miracle working power of God in our life. I'm not saying washing my truck's going to get it. That's not what I'm advocating. What I'm advocating is some things God asks you and I to do that is totally crazy. Roll on the floor. Are you nuts, God? Really? Step out of your pew and worship him. Worship him like we did at youth camp. I stood behind some of you girls. I stood behind some of the boys. And they were leaping for joy and worshiping God. If I can do that at camp, then I can do that in church. And whatever hinders that, I bind it by the authority of the name of Jesus. And I speak against it. And I pray, God, get it out of this church. If you got to drop them dead. Well, I got in trouble on that one. Whatever the cost. Because I got a bunch of young kids coming up. I got a, a Blakely and a Sailor and, and my son and, and others. Uh, you got a baby coming. And he needs to know how to worship God and how to live for God and do the thing. How to worship him unfettered. So whatever would hinder our babies from worshiping him, I pray God remove it. Whatever. The, you say, well, you know what you just did? You just prayed that, man, I, we're going to tank you hear me. This ship can't ever go down. You and I, as long as we stick together, this thing can't ever go down. We're the church. And when you and I love each other and we forgive one another and we worship one another together with the, to the Lord together, this thing can't go under. It cannot sink. If I keep my heart right and you keep your heart right, God's going to move in our behalf. He said, it ain't burnt. Next verse, musicians come. Well, yeah, just come, but get ready. I got another point or two. And when the Lord saw, watch. The Lord didn't see him the first time, Brother Wade. So here's what that tells me. There are some things when I need to get God's attention, it don't work. It don't work. If God's wanting me to cry right now and he's wanting me to shout, it ain't going to work. If God's wanting me to shout or he's wanting me to cry and I go to shouting, it ain't going to work. He's looking at how you and I approach him. And if I approach him, Sister Agnes, 
Like he said, when the Lord saw, he turned to see. God says, I will call you now. There's a calling upon this church to reach backsliders and the lost in an unprecedented fashion. Every time I come to this pulpit, Brother Bushnell, I keep thinking about the days you've preached and you've reached and you've sowed seed. And we're saying, see, this is what makes this thing so powerful. The seed's already been broadcasted. I just need to claim it and say, God, thank you for bringing them. God, thank you for bringing them. God, thank you for breaking drug addiction. God, thank you for breaking rebellion. Thank you for breaking, God, their obstinate hard hand. Thank you, God. I praise you. The seed's already been sowed in Indian Village and you and I are blessed to harvest it. It's already there. It's like vineyards I didn't plant. I'm not a fool. You say, well, Benoit, you're so pushy because the hour is short. I love every one of you with all my heart, but I see potential. And calling in the eyes of so many. And God's saying, let your hunger turn you to him. Because when you do, that's why I said, youth, hear me. Young people, college and career, you worship him with everything you got. Because when you do, it causes God to turn to you. And God called him. And said, Moses, hi. Next verse. And said, draw. Here's what he said. Take them shoes off. Separate. Because you got something on your feet that identifies back with your old way of thinking in Egypt. You got some old thinking that I need you to take off. And God's looking for you and I to take off. Not our clothes. That's holiness. Take things off of our minds. Worry and fear in the past. And let God bring us into what he has in our present, our tomorrow. Next verse. Let's go fast. And move over. He said, I'm the Lord God. Here it is. I am. You know what God just told him? I'm the God of the Abraham. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the God of. A, he said, I became. And I need to be your God. Yeah. Moses hid his face. Look at the next verse. And the Lord said, I surely have seen the affliction of my people are in Egypt. He said, I see. Now, here it is. God saw them too. But it wasn't until Moses turned. He looked, but now he moved with what he saw and hunger. And God says, now, because you did that, I will do something in a nation. I really believe, I've taught this many times, everywhere I've gone to revival, I've always said there's one catalyst. And if that catalyst won't, God, God will move to another. There's always a catalyst in a service. And there's a catalyst in a church. There's one family in a church that when they pray through, it's going to ignite a fire that's going to set across this place. One family. You say, well, one can do that one family. It's not because they've got strong influence. It's that the people know how deep they are in Egypt. And when God delivers them because of one turn, and I feel so strong in the Holy Ghost tonight, one person could turn aside 
and it will bring God out of the shadows or the backdrop of your life into where you are and begin to work a miracle in your family that man can't do. Hunger has to go in for God to come out. Quickly, I see their sorrows. And the Lord said, I've seen the affliction. I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and bring them out into a land that floweth. Next verse. And now therefore, behold, the crowd is coming to me and I have seen what the Egyptians did. Here it is. I close. If you keep reading, here's the process. It started with him turning aside. When he turned aside, Brother Bushnell, God came out. Now here's how God dealt with Pharaoh. I'll come back and teach on another day. Moses goes in. God says, go tell my people. Tell Pharaoh, let him go. And God does it. Now watch. As God did it with the man, watch how God does it in the world. He goes to Pharaoh. Let him go. Pharaoh says no. Let him go. Pharaoh says no. Let him go. Says no. Finally about the fourth, let go. Pharaoh finally says, I tell you what I'll do. I'll let them go to sacrifice to their gods. Just don't go very far. Now watch. Here's how Pharaoh operates against you and I as the church. He wants us to get just a little bit of religion and stop. And all Pharaoh wanted them to do was go out there, get your little Jew cone out in the wilderness, get your little sacrifice, but just come on back. I'm telling this church, God is fixing to break the hand of Pharaoh in the lives of our backslidden sons and daughters because there's somebody that's hearing this message tonight that it's not just, folks, I'm not just preaching to you a cookie cutter message. I'm delivering a word from the, from the throne of heaven for somebody that if I'll turn aside and look and begin to ask, God, what are you trying to do? That hunger is going to come front and center. Stand with me. Brother Langley, I'm not interested in just having a little sacrifice. I'm not interested in having just a little bit of church. I'm interested in seeing people delivered once and for all. So I'm going to ask tonight, who needs or knows somebody that needs deliverance? Raise your hand. Now, I just categorized everybody together. That means if you need deliverance, you just raise your hand, but you just raise it for somebody else too. Everybody's together. Is there anybody here tonight? Now, listen, I know I always ask you, you're always so sweet and compliant, and you come to the altar. But here's what I'm going to ask tonight. I'm asking for people that you're tired of just seeing and experiencing God and never seeing the completion and the deliverance of what you know God can do. And you're ready to turn aside and let your hunger be identified before the throne of God. Is there anybody here tonight that that is your prayer and desire? I want you to step out of that pew right now and say, God, I want more. See, hunger pulls you out of that pew. Hunger says, I want more. Hunger says, I need something more. <laughs> Hunger says, I got to have a breakthrough in the altars. Come on, it's building right now. I feel it. 
I feel something starting to see this is hunger some of you are already starting to cry out I see some of you already you already got your hands lifted that's what I want you to do let your hunger turn aside right now and let's go a little bit deeper right now because God just gave us a revelation of what brings him out of the shadows and brings him into our situation come on somebody Come on, somebody. Let's hear like we did last Sunday night with a sin. Raise your hands and declare the name of Jesus over your family. Jesus, I praise you, Lord. Oh, I wish I had about three or four people that would just kind of leap for joy right now and say, Jesus, I'm going to turn aside right now. One person right now, your whole world could change if you leap for joy, if you threw those hands up, if you shouted with a voice of triumph, something could change, but it's going to take you moving in a dimension you never had. 